you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel under my name, Susan Puzio, and Greedy Preachers TV. And we have our website, propheticnews.com. We also have our two books, on Amazon, President Trump's pastor, Paula White. And it's an expose on Paula White. That's available in also our book, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? So those things are available. And if you need to email me, you can email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com. And... Uh, I'll try and answer. I usually answer my emails. Jackie Alnor is our guest today. And Jackie has a new book that we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about some of the insanity that's going on in the World Economic Forum. So what does all of this mean? What does it mean that our gas prices are climbing and climbing Do they not want us to use gas? What is the plan? (laughs) I'm sure they have a plan. Jackie, hi. Hello. Greetings, everybody. Yes. And uh, so the world's a mess. (laughs) (laughs) I concur. Yeah. Uh, And we're living in the world right now. We're not of this world, but we, we just so happen to be here. And, of course, we don't know how much longer we're going to be here, but some days you just say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, because just when you think you've seen one thing, then something else happens. But maybe uh, the first thing we could talk about is the article that's on your ChristianSentinel.com, and that's Sentinel with an S, Christian Sentinel. And uh, Jackie, why don't you talk a little bit about that article? Well, it's actually not up yet. I just gave you a rough draft of it. And it's really an article that I'm co-writing. My uh, sister, Joni, who is in the uh, auto automotive media industry. She was with me at the, a big prophecy conference that we just got back from in Colorado Springs that we were there last weekend. And so we, we, she shared an article with me that she had written and I thought that it would be good if, if I could show it in the context of the, of the end times and the last days because she was reporting on the the future use of the um, not only electric cars, but autonomous driving cars. 
you know, kind of like the ones you see in iRobot. <laughs> Remember that self-driving. movie? Self-driving. Yes, the self-driving cars. Because, um, you know, Governor Newsom, she, she's a Californian, as I used to be. I was born and raised there, and she never left the, the Orange County herself. But, I mean, other than traveling the world. But, uh, but the, the thing is, is that that is the future. That is where the direction that the car industry has to go. And many different manufacturers within the car industry are not going to survive this because they're not going to all go on with that technology. And so they're seeing what even in the industry they call the inevitable, that uh, gas engines are going to be uh, eliminated due to their carbon, uh, you know, carbon footprint, the whole uh, climate change thing that is, you know, running the so-called Great Reset, you know, that the World Economic Forum and the globalists are trying to get rid of. So Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, said that he would not allow the sale of any gas using cars as of the year 2030, which is less than eight years away. And unfortunately, others have picked that up and uh, in the World Economic Forum has made it their goal to eliminate gas engines. And then that leaves us with what? The electric cars, the, the Teslas, and, and the like. Yeah. So pretty soon, in fact, when I drove, <laughs> silly me, I drove from Texas to Colorado for this conference. And uh, the gas prices, the further I was getting to Colorado, the higher up they were going. I think the least I paid was four twenty nine, and I think the most was just under $5 yeah. a gallon. So it was probably cheaper to fly than to drive. But you see, that's just going along with, you know, we started with the, uh, you know, with the lockdowns and all of that. And that kept us isolated into our homes because really traveling is the epitome of our, of our freedom. I mean, our freedom of movement. So, I mean, I don't want to, you know, there's a spoil, too much spoiler alerts here that I'm giving away, but the article that will be coming out, check the Christian Sentinel within the week, the next week, will really go over all of that and how that's changing the entire car industry. And it's going to hurt the industry really bad. And it's going to uh, tighten the controls of, of the movement of people. And we really, I'm, I'm not going to give it all away and go not how, how they do, but it's being done in, in segments, you know, until pretty soon we will be isolated to a perimeter of where we live and not be able to travel because they're going to be keeping track of our carbon footprint and you'll just have so much you can use up, you know, and then maybe, you know, when it, when it's all being restricted and so if you if you eat too much meat then you won't be able to buy gas but you know if there's just it's really the big part that the the overtaking of of that technology is a is a big part of control and of controlling the people exactly where you are at all times and i tie all that in to how it's going to be in the tribulation where no one can buy or sell without the mark, but you won't even be able to hide basically yeah. because there's facial recognition. 
they everything is spying on us as we know um, we've seen all that going on but how that affects the travel industry you know uh planes trains and automobiles it's gonna we're not gonna be there's no normal anymore once they've taken control of transportation yeah there won't be any normal it's true because how what about airplanes and buses and trains and what are they going to do well, also, airplane flights are down quite a bit ever since COVID. People were trained to stop flying. Yeah. And so m- more and more people started driving instead. It's one of the reasons I drove. Last time I flew, I got COVID from flying, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that put most of us back in our cars because we didn't like sharing the air. Well, there you have to share the air with a couple hundred people when you're on a plane. So I don't care what they say. The air is not fresh. <laughs> but see, it's all working into their hands, you know. Yeah. And it, it's hard to ignore the, the 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 spirit behind all of this because it's moving every element of society towards that direction, towards the um, you know, the the elite ruling the world and you know of course preparing the way for the antichrist and his policies that are spelled out in in the book of revelation and in daniel so that's uh but but that's one to keep an eye on because i think everybody wherever they live put it this way by 2030 you better be established in a place you want to be because you won't be able to leave it Seriously, you like your house? Stay there, and you're stuck. Yeah, well, I like. Uh, I, I I'm a homebody anyway. <laughs> man, I I traveled the world for so many years. I was like a gypsy. Ever since I was about 16, I started traveling all over the place. So for me, I don't have any desire to get on planes or really to go traveling again. So it wouldn't bother me too much because I. I like I like my house. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to deprive the younger people of of what we got to do, no, you know. I, I, no, no, I think it's wonderful mm-hmm. to be able to travel the world, especially when you're a saved person and you go to other countries and you can experience life outside of the United States. I think it's very enriching. I think it it did the world of good for me to uh, do as much traveling as I did even after I got saved. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to deprive anybody. Yeah, you wouldn't want to limit that because that is our our freedom to spread out and to go where we want to go. I think that's why the last couple of years, you know, the RVs were selling out. They couldn't even make them as fast as people wanted them. But since all this happened, since, you know, what is the first thing Biden did when he took office was, eliminate that pipeline and made us uh, no longer energy independent. And so after that happened, then people were, you know, getting rid of their RVs, you know, because people were wanting that freedom to be able to boondock and go where they want to go. But now imagine, you know, because RVs and if you're pulling the trailer, you're using more and more gas and they, a lot of people moved into their RVs because they were trying to save money, but now the expense is astronomical. Yeah, astronomical because my neighbor got one 
before the gas prices went up and then she said oh yeah it's like double and you and she was only getting nine miles <laughs> to the gas. oh no yeah and they, they had yeah wait wait until wait until nine wait until a mile cost you ten dollars per mile because now they're adding a digit to the pumps because they they anticipated going to to that extra digit to over ten dollars a gallon oh, i wouldn't doubt it the, I, the last time i was in england was 1997 and it was over over six dollars per gallon it was very a expensive. liter because they go by liters yeah it was a liter yeah no it was six dollars like if you got three or four to five liters which i think make a gallon something like that but anyway uh, okay yeah if i was figuring it out in my head then i would say yeah. that it was that it was about six dollars for a gallon and yeah. uh i don't remember at this point how many liters make up a, a gallon but i think it was like four or five but so they've been paying through the roof i don't know what it costs them now but i was yeah, shocked yeah. then that they were paying but it's a, it they like to tell you it's the gas prices but it's really taxes they don't they don't really like to tell you that there's a lot of taxation that they right. hide in the price of gas so it's not that there's a shortage of gasoline there isn't remember god gave us the flood and what happened when we had a flood what happened when we had a flood everything died <laughs> yeah well we got fossils yeah yeah that's true we got fossil <laughs> fuel <laughs> so, there you go yeah so so uh, uh there's uh fossil fuel everywhere because the whole earth was flooded so sure there's no shortage it's just that you have to find it and so they they create all this chaos but it's their motto is order out of chaos and so it's controlled chaos yeah they they tell us well it's gonna get really bad before it gets better but we all just have to you know keep our chin up and toughen through because you know once the the new world order begins it's oh it's gonna be you know we're gonna own nothing and be happy and it's just gonna be you know uh shangri-la or whatever and i don't think a lot of people think that losing your your freedom of, especially your freedom of movement is uh gonna sit well with people and then you've got people like bill gates buying up all the farmland so they they're going to be rationing everything and that's part of the you know the the whole wealth transfer stuff they're gonna you know america's too wealthy they're going to have to you know make sure that the that whatever we make we don't keep it, it gets spread every, every well uh, not only but, that he wants to give you artificial meat and artificial breast milk how delightful that all sounds uh, right <laughs> well i know and Crazy. but you know there you know that it's too big of a of a thing for there to be some to it all be able to be manipulated by humans there is certainly the spirit of antichrist behind all these things pulling the strings because it's just affecting every element of life and i don't think these you know so-called elite smart guys are smart enough to pull it off without a little help from the demonic side yeah without a little help from their friends 
because right. it is it is dark and it is um, it is a little frightening. Of course, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, so we're going to lead our lives no matter what happens and stay true to the Lord. And uh, that's the that's the one of the dangers that I see that troubles me the most. I think is the compromise in the church and the uh, false belief that a political party or can save the day and yeah. it's not going to happen. That's over, really. That kind of no, thinking. no, because yeah, what political party? has it all together and is, you know, is, is working for the Lord. They're not working for the Lord because, no. you know, this, this, they have to compromise in order to get the vote. So they have to be, you know, they have to accept, you know, like we've talked about this before, you know, if, if the LGBTQ and on and on and on, and they have to accept, uh, you know, freedom or so-called to kill babies yeah. <laughs> in the womb and now even outside the womb so if they if they don't go along with those those things that a fallen world demands then they can't get the votes they aren't popular if they're if they're of this world and then they're not going to be popular no they're not going to be popular they might they speak out of both sides of their mouth, which is very frustrating. And they say one thing and then they mean another. And they do things, uh, it's underhanded. So if you don't really look into policies by both the Republicans and the Democrats and the way some of these people vote on issues that are very important to Christians and should be, that's why you have to delve deep into what's going on in the background because they make it look like one thing's going on and it's really not. And so it just brings me to the place where I don't, I'm, I'm not looking to save America or uh, I want, I'm looking to help people come into the kingdom of God because it's the only thing that's going to work at this point. Right. Right. We have to uh, keep spreading the gospel wherever we can. And, you know, and that is a challenge nowadays because, because then the people that, that we can give the gospel to, if we refer them to a church for follow-up or anything, we're hard pressed to find one that isn't totally compromised or isn't just all about mega big business and, uh, and one that won't even, you know, teach the word and rightly divide it. So those are getting harder and harder, harder to find. And people all over this country are complaining about that. I mean, there's still churches everywhere, but, you know, there, there are all these man, man-centered programs. Man-centered that, programs, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're more like big community centers. And, and I'm sure, you know, there's still some good churches, but, you know, they're as scattered as the, as the sheep are it's as far true. as where, where to find them. And we've seen too many people that we've even known that have just gone off into a bad direction in order to appeal to more people to get more people to fill the pews. Yeah, not only that, then they, they're they hard-pressed for a paycheck, too. So then they want, 
I figure, well, I'm going to get a salary. I'm, I might get a pension. And uh, so they compromise. And that, that's a sad thing because it's, I think we're losing, losing people left and right that were strong. And we, we need people that are going to stay strong and not compromise at all for invitations because you see some people com- compromise because they want to be invited to be a speaker at a conference or they want to be on television or whatever it is. So you just need people that are strong enough even to start their own type of ministry, whether it be anybody could have a talk show on the Internet. And uh, they could even have a, a church over the Internet if they don't have finances to start a church where they could rent a building or whatever. But we really we do need some strong men and women of God. And we hope and pray that. I know, I know there are. But there's, yeah. there's so much... There was just a story this past week. I don't know if you saw it with the pastor that was sexually abusing a, a young girl in his church for nine years. He started sexually abusing her when she was 16 and car- mm-hmm. carried on with her. He was married and carried on with her for nine years. And so he finally got caught or whatever and got up and apologized to the church. And oh. she, did you see that? And then she got up and, yeah. she, and she rebuked him because he was trying to kind of whitewash it and it was disgusting. And then, and then I think she left and instead of comforting her, they wound up comforting him. Oh, change. We're desperate for a change that people didn't see through this guy. <laughs> it, it's very strange. Yeah, what was he teaching, you know? And how could he teach God's word when it would be condemning him? That's that's hard to fathom. You know, it, it depends because, you know, some of these pastors uh, were, use a lectionary that tells them what to teach. And, yeah, I saw that. And so they're not even following the moving of the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't even know what that was. You oh. know, it's just, again, another human system that that gives them, you know, you say this, that, and the other, and, you know, find some local um, things going on that you can connect it to or something. Well, <laughs> but, it's funny but, you say that because I was looking at the bankruptcy records from Without Walls Church, which was Randy and Paula White's church that filed for bankruptcy in 2014. And in that bankruptcy filing, they owed or the church owed money to this pastor sermon thing where, yeah, you could buy sermons. <laughs> <laughs> the bankruptcy filing was very telling as far as they weren't paying anybody. There was a hundred or more people on that bankruptcy. Oh, and, and at least they were paying for it for the most part. They're stealing sermons all over the place. You know, you can, uh, you know, just, just figure out the outline and, you know, go and listen to a, a message, an audio message from a variety of teachers online and, uh, you know, and, and take their messages if you're, if you're not, you know, being led enough by the Holy Spirit to study and to yeah. rightly divide the word. You can just borrow it and not, you know, not 
name the person that you're pretending to be. Well, there's a lot of that because we see a, we see that that you can listen to certain people and they all sound alike. They're basically all teaching the same thing. And so they're not rightly dividing the word and they're not studying to show themselves approved because they wouldn't be all teaching the same heresies and the same false doctrines and things that we see happening. So Sometimes they're teaching good things, but they're saying that they're having all the same talking points. I noticed that at this prophecy conference I just came back from. Not everybody was involved in this, but I could see the words of people like Chuck Missler and and even David Hawking and some of these other prophecy teachers from the old days. I can see all of them, not all of them, a lot of them using those very same talking points that I heard from Hawking and from Hal Lindsey and others, and I could finish the sentences. They were <laughs> even using the same phrases. Seriously, yeah, I true. see that a lot in with the with the younger prophecy teachers because that's where you know they're listening to those things and they're and they're sounding just like the guys that I used to see back in the eighties. It's very true. It's very true. It, it's uh, it's strange because you think every time you read the word, you find something new. It seems like you'll find something new. And you say, wow, I never saw that before. So you wish that people would, just like your book that we're going to talk about here, you found something new that people didn't aren't really seeing. So you would hope that they would check things out for themselves and uh, come up with something different because they're uh, now I don't know that much about prophecy. I don't really study it that much. So I'm, uh, I'm not well versed in it. It, So I'm open to different things that people have to say. And then I can spend time myself looking it over and seeing whether I agree with it or I don't agree with it. So but I think that we have to have the discussions and maybe all the th- there's a lot of things that people have been teaching for years that aren't really biblical. Well, yeah. And, of course, then that, again, leads to me talking about my new book, which can be found on Amazon. It's called The United States of Israel, and the subtitle is America in the in End Times Prophecy, because... There's many teachers who say that America is not mentioned in prophecy. Well, it certainly isn't mentioned in prophecy by name, considering no one would know what was being spoken of. But there's a couple of, well, more than a couple. There's several references to the United States in Scripture. And, you know, again, you you get the book and you'll see what they are. I'm not going to give the whole thing away. But there's several references to an unnamed nation, a, a great nation, in uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel and and elsewhere, where you can see where America certainly does fit in, especially in relationship with Israel. And a lot of people don't know this, but it was it was Truman and the United States that established Israel. It wasn't uh, England, as a lot of people thought. England wanted, you know, before they turned it over to the United States because they were wanting to you know, let the, after World War II, let the Jews back into Israel, but not as a Jewish nation, 
but just, you know, live alongside the, the Palestinians and whoever else, but they got tired of all the argument. And so it was kind of turned over to the United States who ended up following it through. And then, of course, many American Jews here in America ended up being, you know, on the ground floor with that, um, you know, going into, you know, moving to in over to Israel. But, um, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway that if people don't want to read the book and see all the all the 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 scripture that I share to to show the connections between America and Israel, um, I, I there's one thing I want to get across. And you, I think it's in every, you know, who isn't talking about the coming Gog and Magog war? You know, everybody seems, anyone teaching Bible prophecy is expecting it and saying that's going to happen at any time. And that's the expectation in Ezekiel 38 of um, the time when Israel would be attacked by Russia and, and what is known as Gog in the Gog and Magog war. And uh, let me see if I can find it. It talks about in the latter days that there'd be a that Gog, Gog would come down and be uh, be brought up against his land and the land the land of Israel. In uh, and it says and it's going to and it says it's going to be in the latter years. So it's going to be in the end times. We already know that. And the um, like verse eight says after many days you will be visited in the latter years you will come he's speaking to Gog and he says you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel which has long been desolate they were brought out of the nations and now all of them dwell safely you will ascend coming like a storm covering the land like a cloud you and all your troops and many peoples with you thus says the Lord God on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people and take plunder and blah, blah, blah. And I see those while they're attacking Israel, the state of Israel, they're going to then go up against the land of unwalled villages while they're attacking it. It says on that day. Well, what day was it talking about? The day you're attacking then you're going to say, oh, let me go against the unwalled villages. Well, I don't think the unwalled villages describe that land in the Middle East, you know, because that's what he's attacking when the idea comes in his mind to go up against the land of unwalled villages. And, and again, I show the connections between our two countries that are so tight. That's why we're referred to, you know, they're referred to as by, the, by Islam as the little Satan and we're the big Satan. And so from the people who are with Gog, which are a lot of Islamic states, uh, you know, including Iran, they, I'm sure they couldn't think that they could attack Israel without getting the reaction from America. And we are, it's funny that we use the term unwalled villages. It doesn't give you the name of that place, you see. <laughs> and that's because we didn't have a name yet. But yeah. here we are fighting over the wall, right? Yeah. And we are unwalled. Yeah, we we've unwalled. all yeah. <laughs> we've always felt protected because we're really far away from that kind of stuff. So what the things you get across, whether you whether you accept that interpretation or not, 
is be careful. If you see Russia joined with Iran attacking the state of your bug out place, because then I strongly believe that's what that is saying, that they're going to then come after us after they go after Israel. Well, we, we saw and, during and, 9-11 we weren't protected. No, we've never been protected. All this equipment we have, and we have this and we have that, and yeah, we fought so many wars over the years that we didn't win, and then we had this incident this week in Uvalde, and with all the technology and everything we have, they didn't go in for an hour. Uh, so, yeah, there's something wrong. No, something's very wrong. But again, it's all, it's all <laughs> you know, with the same thing with the transportation and everything else. Everything's really bad. I mean, can, could you believe that Biden pulled us out of, of uh, Afghanistan, leaving behind all of our uh, billions of dollars of our weaponry. 80, over $80 billion and all the technology. Or, yeah, it, it's astounding. What's it happening. is astounding. But somehow it's all being manipulated by the power of Antichrist. That's all that you can attribute it to because it makes no human sense. Oh, no, it doesn't make any human sense. No, no, absolutely not, because it's nothing like we've ever seen before, and it's nothing like we've ever heard before. So we watch the events unfolding, and you just shake your head, and you say, this is weird. This is... Yeah, but see, if that Gog and Magog war happens, let's say it's held off for a while... And it's at a time where we have this, where, where we can't buy gasoline anymore, and they even take away our gasoline cars, and electric cars have a limit of how far they can go, and if you need to charge them, you have to park it somewhere overnight and take somebody's electricity. I mean, how, you know, or else get in a robotic car that's going to, you know, not recognize, you know, a uh, uh, you know, some porcelain that falls off from a truck in front of you and crashes. Right? I mean, this is, um, you know, this this period of time is very dangerous any way you look at it. But but if we have no freedom of movement, that's why I say get where you need to get. Be, you know, because they want to put us all even in the cities. You see, because you know you don't want to be too far from the city because then you can't get your resources and stuff and so that puts people you know when they can't travel closer into places that they can be near a hospital and a store and all of that kind of thing since the cars ain't going to get them where they need to go yeah it's going to be weird because who wants to stop and at this point i think you have to charge these things up for at least 45 minutes and you can only go about 200 miles so like, yeah, who's going to want to do that? Like I said, I don't even like to recharge my rechargeable batteries, so never mind having to charge my car every time I go out. <laughs> I know. It's funny, you know, today I was watching, uh, I don't know if a lot of listeners know who Katie Hopkins is. She's kind of a funny lady out of out of Britain. Yeah. And I follow her on Instagram. She did an Instagram thing today that was really rather funny, just about you know how 
how they're trying to isolate us into one place but she's you just have to watch it for yourself because it's funny some of the things that we talked about in this article on transportation she got into as far as you know city she called it how did she say talking about these electric cars it's like putting a kettle on the thing and you're sitting in a kettle you know a, a teapot kettle she had a funny thing about about the electric cars and the teapot kettle it's worth the time anyone listens to it, it was rather humorous yeah. but not so humorous funny but tragic yeah it is it is tragic it's it's it, it, when I was a little girl, they, where I lived, they had train tracks and they had street cars and then all they took those things away so that they could give people cars. And of course, we had big cars and they were gas guzzlers, but gas was twenty five cents a gallon. So wow, we were we drove everywhere. Oh boy! <laughs> as soon as you got, I remember your, that. Yeah, as soon as you got your driver's license, man. <laughs> yeah, we were out there. <laughs> Yeah, the streetcars. I remember, uh, was it Pacific Avenue going into Los Angeles out of, you know, uh, you know, a suburb of L.A. where I lived. And we would always go on that street. I remember going on that with my grandmother all the time, uh, the, the funny streetcars. And it was, to me, it was exciting. I mean, yeah, I even went on this. You ever heard of Angel's Flight? No. Angel's Flight was this cable car in Los Angeles that would go almost just straight up a hill and down and oh i, I think, think i've it, seen that yeah i think they took it out in the late 60s but oh. when i was a years old i remember going up and down on angel's flight but yeah and then going visiting san francisco now they still have some the cable cars in san francisco i'm surprised they're still there you know because you've got those those rails in the middle of the street yeah which are yeah. On. yeah yeah but you know, but you see, this is going to be a huge difference when when you can't get gas anymore. I mean, I don't I don't see how people can huh, can adapt very easily to no, that. It's going to be hard because everybody's going to have to buy a new car. Everybody, 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 whether you have the money or not. So, and uh, well, yeah. no, because you won't own anything. See, according to Schwab. Uh, Klaus Schwab, you won't have to own a car. You'll just borrow one. Instead of calling Uber, uh, you can get this car and then drive where you want to go and then leave it parked there and somebody else will take it from there. Yeah, thanks a lot. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not into communism. <laughs> yeah, but you see, they're turning people into a bunch of lemmings that will just do what they're told. Well, they're trying to do that. They're trying to do yeah. that, but I'm fiercely independent, and I'm going to <laughs> hold on to my independence as long as yeah, I as can. Yeah, as, as long as long as those gas stations are open. <laughs> yeah, as long as the gas stations are open, and uh, as long as God gives me a voice, I'm going to try to be independent and. Uh, not follow the maddening crowd because there are people that really believe all this stuff and they are weird these people like uh, they're having this thing this uh, world economic forum i'm going to play some uh clips from there where they actually are bringing in shamans 
to talk about psychedelics to have this psychedelic booth there, but it's kind of reminiscent, isn't it, Jackie, of the 60s when they were trying to give everybody LSD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be some shortcut to to the other side or something. And uh, as a young person experimenting with it, I was lucky to get back from that other side. It was a living nightmare. You know, it's funny because a lot of people had so-called, you know, mind-expanding wonderful trips on LSD, and mine was a total nightmare like I thought I was going to lose my mind and the thing is I wondered if that's because God had his hand on me then and wouldn't let me venture there even though I didn't even know him yet I've often wondered about that because it was such a bad trip yeah Uh, but the whole thing is they had people like Timothy Leary who we found out later actually worked for the CIA and right. they actually, the government actually performed experiments on people using LSD. And remember, there was that one case where the man jumped out of a window and supposedly he was. Well, yeah. And a lot of what people don't understand, I do because I experienced it, is is when you're hallucinating, you can't tell your depth perception or anything else. So some people, you know, they say people think they can fly. But I think the thing is, is that. You feel that you're part of the molecules of everything else, and it's pushing you in that direction. So that's part of the the bad trip, okay? So if a person has a bad trip and they can't tell where where you leave off and and you know and the and the the window leaves off because it's it's all you know because you're hallucinating. Anything, any terrible thing could happen. But you could thing read, is evil. Yeah, and anybody that wants to see this article if you just put in the search engine davos psychedelic shamans the article will come up and it was in bloomberg where they talk about the fact that these shamans are going to this thing and they're going to have this booth here it's called um i'm just pulling up this article now Forget Burning Man, psychedelic shamans now heading to Davos. And there'll be all different witches things there. Women and men, different men that have studied different forms of witchcraft, They, which they actually say that uh, they've studied shamanism and witchcraft. There'll be uh, deep... Deepak Chopra Foundation will have an alternative medicine. The Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai College London and the University of Ottawa. And there's actually a connection even with uh, this Peter Thiel, who is one of the biggest contributors to the Trump campaign, which started his own psychedelic company yeah. yeah Deepak Chopra of course was I don't know if he still is but was the chaplain at the UN in New York oh wow and I interviewed uh, John MacArthur one time and he had just been on Larry King and they were talking about different views of religion and he had to sit next to Deepak Chopra and he told me that in all his years of seeing people demonized or anything else he never felt so much evil and demonic 
forthcoming from anybody but that guy. But that guy was squirming in his chair and couldn't stand in to have close contact to John McCall. That's for sure. That's for sure. But there's different, they're, they're going to talk about these mushrooms and there'll be uh, different approaches, approaches that investors can take on psychedelics, such as funding biotech companies. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So and they're going to do ecstatic dance, uh, meditation, breath work. And there, of course, there's all these big, I think, 500, top 500 corporations that go to these things. And so there'll be training. This will probably be part of the new training, but they've been training, using different training programs for years in, in some of the large corporations, the different new well, age techniques, right? Yeah, I mean, now it's the norm, you know, back when... You know, others were warning about it in the 80s. It was, you know, undercover. Now it's out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's out in the open. And they want you to accept psychedelics as something oh. normal. So here we yeah, go. Well, here we go. Okay. But anyway, let's, uh, you talked about them talking about giving us pain. But here's, here's a lady at Davos and, and she's. Saying that. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will, uh, will open up for missteps. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortages on energy. It will create inflationary pressures. And maybe we need to start talking about that, that that pain is actually worth it. Because if we don't, uh, there's no business case, there's no economy, there's, there's no welfare. But, but so far, I think we are, have been a little bit careful actually talking about the pain in the short term that is likely to come from, from, the, from this the very important yeah. change. Yeah. <laughs> they don't mind giving you a little bit of pain. Yeah, in the short term, right. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, suffer a little bit now, but it's going to all be worth it. Yeah, sure. It's easy for them to say as they sit in their multi-million dollar homes and right. <laughs> live their luxurious... Okay. Initiate everybody into the occult at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of that new religion. It's part of that. And then, of course, the indoctrination of children, the horrible things they're trying to do to oh. children yeah. as part of their mm -hmm. education. Very That's scary. the worst part. That's horrible. Here's what I'm talking about, one currency. We're developing, through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint trackers. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Fast forward five years. Do we have a central bank digital coin out there in the world that is being utilized on a daily basis, whether it's wholesale or retail? and it becomes a superior system. 
Uh, we have several experiments which are not very far from there. No. They are not yet generalized, but they could be, let's say, the next three years, probably. It will go quicker on the wholesale side, yes. I guess, but because it raises less sensitive questions. Yes, mm. Axel. Oh, I'm quite I'm glad to hear what you're saying, uh, François, on, on the wholesale uh, digital, currency, uh, digital currency, not coin. Uh, I am also a believer that will come in five years, yes. What I try to say is obviously, you know, we still have those huge legacy environment. They need to migrate as well, so we will not yet see all the benefits coming through. But it will come and will be much more efficient, uh, also probably much more secure, uh, lowering transaction costs. On the retail side, I'm much more skeptical uh, certainly call it for the you know, established economies. Yeah, so just like you were talking about, you see they're saying that they're going to be able to measure your carbon footprint. <laughs> yes, and so everything's going to be rationed according to how much carbon you use. Of course, though, the, the, those people will, will be able to be above that because just like to get to Davos, they all flew on private jets and yeah. everything else. They didn't <laughs> yeah. care. Right? Yeah, we saw the I saw the picture of the I don't know how many jets were sitting out there these big huge jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah what about well then they they can't eat meat for a year then if it applied to them, right? <laughs> well, it it doesn't apply to them. It no, only applies to Yeah, that's how an oligarchy works. It, you know. You are the peasants, and they're the lords. Yes. Well, we kind of see the same thing in some of the, the churches today. Kind of the same thing. That, that <laughs> yeah. thinking, that thinking. But you see, it's got to go, because if, if, if we don't see some changes in the politics of the church, this is how people are going to wind up. This is how they're going to wind up. But oh, here, I know, I know. Yeah. It's, 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 like, it's like the Hindu cat system yeah exactly that's how I, I I've seen it for a long time in in a, a lot of the, the church systems the church politics where we we need a whole reformation of that and uh, I love the church I have a heart for the church and but it's nothing most of it is nothing like we see of the New Testament church right they didn't have a hierarchy no <laughs> they the the at that time before everybody had the word of god the uh the apostles brought the word of god and um you know and 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 others would 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 give the word of god to the people until the you know till the good well supposed to be until the Gutenberg press gave it into the common person's hands. But, you know, the apostle Paul warned the Ephesian elders that after his departure, wicked men were going to creep in and bring up disciples after themselves. So that did happen after the death of Paul, whatever year that was, these crept in. And then that's how we got the Roman Catholic church. And again, that's going to play a big role in all of this, just as this current Pope is in Remember, he told everyone to obey the UN. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. He's, he's, on, he's on board with the program. Yeah, well, obviously. I've, it's been very obvious for a long time uh, about the true nature of the beast Catholic Church. So 
we're not supposed to be following in the footsteps of these religious systems where there's a hierarchy and men dress in funny costumes and they try to lord <laughs> it over you. It, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And uh, so we, we need a whole change because there's, there's things happening around us. And if we're not really strong in the Lord and strong in the word, it's easy to get distracted from uh, what's going on. And you can kind of get caught up in, uh, like I, I was watching these uh, people talking about these America First rallies that they're having, or Reawaken America, or uh, we're going to say, we're going to bring America back, and we're going to save America. And they, I think they got like 10,000 people to come out, this Flashpoint ministry, which is kind of an offshoot of Kenneth Copeland's thing. And they got about 10,000 people to come to Maybe Center with Lance Wall now and this Hank Kuhneman and Mario Murillo. And oh, they, the people were all stirred up about how they were going to take America back. And, and really the, the uh, savior was going to be Trump. So... Right. And I'm watching this and thinking, no, I mean, you know, you are you are really setting yourself up. You are really setting well, yourself up. And and Trump has no problem with that since he'll walk hand in hand with the only begotten daughter of God, right? Yeah, mother, <laughs> Mrs. Moon. He he'll go uh, anywhere. Well, they were saying the other day, oh yeah, well, you know, Trump wants to come to some of these events, not only appear by phone. I thought, yeah, sure, he wants to come, uh, <laughs> deceive those evangelicals into thinking that he's a Christian. And but no, we saw him kneeling before the blood of Pope John Paul, the dead Pope. We saw yep. that. There's pictures of it. So, yep. How is that, Christian? No, I mean he he he's not much better. I mean he may, the only good thing about him was he wasn't a globalist, and so he was wanting to promote nationalism, which is the enemy of the, of globalism. So, um, yeah, well, it's you popular. Know. So now they have Christian yeah. Christian nationalism, but the Earth is not our home. And right. there was a lot of things that went on during the Trump administration. Had I known myself, you know, I would never have supported him at all. To I know, especially what was going on with the experiments that were being done by the National Institutes of Health on aborted babies, which was an atrocity. So, uh, and then him going to appear with the cult leader, the Antichrist cult leader, who says she's God, he appears at her rallies. So something's not right okay. there and you see how people are being they're going to be they're being led astray because they want the good old days but it reminded me of how when the children of israel left egypt and things got tough and so they kept saying we want to go back we want our garlic and our yeah <laughs> yeah they built the golden calf just when moses goes up to mount sinai for 40 days that yeah. that was just long yeah, I know. Isn't that is the pattern, isn't it? It and is. It's, you know, it's sad when you see that same pattern in the church. It, it, it's you know the warning that that uh, the Bible gave about about uh, the the tree that 
you know, that the natural branches were chopped off and we were grafted in and don't get high and mighty because you can be cut off too if the natural branches could be. You better learn, you know, but, uh, but you see, that's just the way it is, even, even in the professing church, because, you know, not all those professing Christianity have Christ in their lives at all. No, they don't. They don't. It was uh, uh, listening to somebody sent me a, a video to look at, and I'm looking at this video, and I see, and they're talking about the fact that Paula White sat down with two very well-known Christians, and one was a politician, and the other is a got a, a pretty well-known uh, Christian ministry, and they sit down with Paula White and her husband to discuss Israel and what Paula should advise Trump to do about the two-state solution. And I'm shaking my head. I, I can't even believe that Paula White is giving Trump advice. Like, why didn't they go to Trump? Why didn't they go to Pompeo? Why didn't they go to Paula White? Wow. I, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. Now, because she's a big proponent of the prosperity gospel, and and that is Trump's theology too, because he's the, you know, he's the man that knows how to make the money, and so it it, it he, she she helps the, you know the the rich man feel good about his striving for money and whoever he has to step on to get there, um, even though you know Jesus talked about how hard it is for a rich man to get to heaven, you know, like, you know, a, a cow through the eyes, the eye of a needle, you know, it's just, was a cow, was it? It was a camel. Camel, yeah. <laughs> it, it, maybe like camel through the eye. Yeah. Well, modernizing it could be a cow. <laughs> Either way, it's, uh, it, it is, you know, with God, all things are possible, but it is a stumbling block to be chasing after riches. And if someone can make that look like a holy thing, then he can, you know, the rich man can feel better about himself. Yeah, well, it's, it's astonishing, really. And, but, the, the, but the picture to me was, here's two sensible people, and yet they're going through Paula White to get to Trump to give advice on the Middle East. Huh. Now, that didn't make any sense to me at all. But no, that... <laughs> no. But then again, I don't know how much she's hearing directly from Trump, who was very close with Netanyahu. And, um, you know, that a lot that was being done in the Trump administration as far as Israel goes was favorable to Israel. And um, then when, you know, Israel, they lost Netanyahu. And then we know what happened in the 2020 election and things, the world has been in the bigger state of chaos ever since. Well, yeah, well, plan, it was planned chaos for sure. But the thing is, they, I, um, they were proposing a two-state solution. So how does that yeah. help Israel? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> so it, it, was, yeah, it was kind I of bizarre, uh, kind of bizarre. And so anyway, Lord help yeah, us. Yeah, but what he was doing was making all those Abraham Accords 
with with Israel and its enemies. And so, you know, I guess some good came out of that, but there's no more talk about that anymore. No. No. Well, we'll see what happens. It's going to get interesting as the days go by, but if you're getting your Bible history or your uh, what to do about Bible things from someone that doesn't even know God, because I'm thoroughly convinced Paula White's not a Christian. So that's pretty bad. If you're taking spiritual advice from a person that doesn't really know anything. So, and that's the No, but they want to gain favor. They want to gain, she's, She's a, a a doorway to Trump in the church. Yeah, but what? Like, what, yeah, that's how ridiculous it is. <laughs> yeah, is and door- you wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah, and I wrote a book about it. Is that this is ridiculous? And so, but to get people to see it, that's the thing that was ironic to me is that these are intelligent people, and they're sitting down with this woman like she knows something. Oh, and they're calling her a sister in Christ. Even, yeah. even people who who you think are good Bible teachers, and they would still flatter her for for advantage. advantage you yeah. see, yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah, that's the they thing. have to flatter her if they're going to get to Trump. Well, they were flattering her, so th- that's what I'm. That's why there's such a danger in all of it. Yep, it's very very dangerous. All this, so. I know because people are being tested and they're failing the test. Yeah, they're failing the test, exactly. It's like we talked about the uh, in the early, late 70s, in the early 80s, when Walter Martin was trying to change the tone at TBN with how they were yeah. scamming people. And he was trying to get other people to stand with him to come against it. And he couldn't get people to take a stand because they wanted to be on television. Right, even the ones who were known as as good teachers wouldn't go, wouldn't go along with it, and he was just trying to get a, a you know a, a group up together so that they would be have a bigger voice, and that didn't happen. No, and it's the they same. didn't even respond. No, and it's the same thing. I see the same thing with this: is that you 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 want to kind of group people to say, open your eyes and see what's happening because there's danger ahead, and it's it's no. uh, <laughs> it's you a, have decent decent bible teachers you know arm in arm with Bethel and Bill Johnson and Cheon and all yeah. of these false teachers you know singing kumbaya as to, because they want to be a political force you know that there's you know that they can be more powerful in numbers and so they'll overlook all those things and even let these people speak at their churches well, that's what's happening. They're having some kind of a big uh, open heaven conference or something with this Hank Kuhneman, I think, in June. And one of the speakers is Kat Kerr. <laughs> now, what does that tell the pink, pink-haired lady. <laughs> yeah. Nutty. I mean, a nutty person. And Yeah, uh, I, I, I think she has heretical hair. Yeah. And so... And I think some of these big shots are going to be there from these retaking America or America first or whatever they call them, these rallies. But what is wrong with you? 
Well, not only that, when they do things like that, and they're saying, we're taking back America and all of that, those are fighting words to the opposition. Yeah. And then that comes back on all of us, because well, I mean, we're supposed to be ambassadors from a, king, a heavenly kingdom. And instead, we want to get into a civil war over this kingdom. Yes, that's and, very good. That's a very good analogy. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. It's I, and that's going to come back on everybody. Yeah, because that's what's happening. It's like we're taking it back. We're going to get it back. And yeah, what are you getting Ooh. back? And it was corrupt to begin with. Absolutely. What are you taking back? You want the you want the NIH to keep doing the experiments that your taxes are paying for on murdered children? It was wow. going on. Is that what you're going to take back? Are you going to take yeah. back somebody that vows to somebody's blood and and then somebody that goes and says a tremendous person is a cult leader? What are you taking back exactly? It's like, can you put on your thinking cap? <laughs> yeah, you know, and the church is really losing it. You know, when you think about who really started this pol political thing in modern history was Jerry Falwell and yeah. the Moral Majority. Yeah. Okay. Well, and he founded Liberty University there in um, Lynchburg, Virginia. And I just read something this week that they're starting this, you know, a diversity club on campus for the LBG, you know, and all of those, you see. <gasps> yeah. So, so it, you, you see how things can just, go into, you know, away from, you know, any moral high ground down into the gutter. Definitely. Of course, that would be considered hate speech, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they were having, uh, they had, when Falwell Jr. was president there at Liberty, this was no, a couple of years ago, they had Benny Hinn there, and then they even invited Paula White and her husband. So I called over there. And uh, I wanted to inform them of a couple of things. So I talked to somebody that was kind of like an assistant to Falwell Jr., somebody like that. And so I told her, I said, you have a school of apologetics there, right? Yeah. So, like, why do you have a school of apologetics when you're inviting heretics here to speak to your student body? Yeah, then to their chapel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, uh, I said, I'm going to send you a couple of videos to look at. And uh, let me know what you think after you look at these videos. <laughs> and you know, she wrote me back, thank you. Well, I looked at the videos. I don't know what's going to happen. But you know, they still had these people. So Yeah. Yeah, well, well you know, and then... You know, you've got places like Talbot, Fuller, you know, um, Dallas Theological Seminary having, going along with this spiritual formation stuff where they're, you know, following the, the teachings of the Western mystics, you know, John of the Cross and Teresa Avila and all of those mystics. And they're, and they're calling it Western mysticism, like that's okay. Oh, yeah. And then they go back to the rituals. Um, yep. Lent, Advent, celebrating yeah. uh, different things that uh, we don't have too much to do with. I don't remember yeah. anybody in the Bible celebrating Advent. 
<laughs> the, yeah, the church calendar yeah. and the and and the incense and the candles and the bells and yeah. all of that. Somehow that makes people feel closer to God when it's all an illusion. Well, yeah, it's a show. It's a pretty good show. It smells good too. <laughs> Especially when they used to come at you with that incense burner, shaking it in your face. You know? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we're former Catholics, and yeah. so we know what. Yeah, we yeah know that what was it like is. this. But wasn't it like this spooky, spooky sort of religious feeling? And you know what? It was a spirit, and it was a it was a unclean spirit. Yeah, yeah, religiosity. I have people was, still go for it in a big way, though, because you could see the whole uh, people wearing Roman Catholic collars, and they wear yeah the bishops' outfits. They wear the red, and they wear the sashes, and the long dresses the yeah. men wear. Flowing robes, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that makes them closer to God than you are. Yeah, that makes them, see. yeah, that does. <laughs> and they act like it, too. But people love it. They go. Uh, they yeah, they think. <laughs> they applaud. And, ooh, I'm like. What's wrong with you? Could you imagine? I, I say to myself, I can't even imagine going into my closet in the morning and pulling out one of those outfits. And maybe if, if somebody that loves me is listening, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but come on. Yeah, no, that's outer the outer show. That's like when when Jesus told the Pharisees they were to lengthen their phylactery. Yeah, exactly. That's what I call. <laughs> Look at your phylactery. Yeah, you have a, you see you sit in the f- first row. And you want to be praised in the marketplace, and oh, there's right. a great man of God. Yeah, and be called father. Yeah, reverend or rabbi or whatever. Yeah, whatever. And so, yeah, we've got a, we've got a long way to go, baby. <laughs> Well, again, these are still, the fact that it's even making a re- resurgence in popularity with this kind of stuff is, is, you know, really we saw that a lot in, what, the 90s through the whole emergent church movement and stuff. And, and then these weird ideas just kind of morph into something that just becomes the norm all of a sudden. Yeah. That's when the there's thing. nothing normal about it. No, there's nothing normal about it. There's nothing... There's nothing, <laughs> nothing normal about it, but I think you have to you, you have to make a decision that you're going to take yourself out. Uh, we we like fellowship. We like to be with the brethren. You have a good time when you're with the brethren. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. So people want that, and they want to feel like they're a part of something, even if it's something that you probably shouldn't be a part of. But you might have to lose a few friends to take a stand, but you can't compromise, especially in the days we're living in. It's too dangerous. No. You know, now we have to worry about what are we going to do with our gas-guzzling vehicles, okay? Yeah, I was thinking about that one day. Like, what kind of, it's going to be a junkyard. Like, where are they going to put all these cars and buses? Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't even fathom that. And they're worried about pollution? Yeah. What about what? Of land pollution, if you're yeah, gonna, where are they gonna put all, all these stuff? Oh, I, and then, oh, Lord, like, hurry up and come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. But we all, but when we say that, we know it's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> I know. That's not something to look forward to, though. No, because we don't wish that on. We, we all have, you know, friends and loved ones who don't know the Lord and, and who are going to be subject to the wrath to come. And we can't, and in, in our words, no matter what we say to them, it doesn't, it doesn't make much of a difference. We're kind of looked down at. Well, in, some, in some circles, yeah. In some circles, hmm. yeah. Well, I say to myself, then I say to myself, well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of who I am. So hmm. if I tell you, I tell you because I love you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah. And we know the truth because the truth has set us free. So we just have to work until yeah. it comes. But yeah, it's 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 a sad state of affairs. It's a sad state of affairs and uh but we know that the Lord is coming and we have something to look forward to. So at least we have hope, but then there's people that don't have any hope and you see the the these uh the things that are going around, and they, they said something like there's been 22 school shootings this year, and I'm saying, well, like, why don't you lock the doors? How are people getting into these schools? What is going on? And uh, they want to take guns away from people. Well, guns are not the problem. I know. It's not the guns. About, like, the, the, the heart has become so wicked, and that's what people don't want to admit. It's just how wicked people's hearts are. And they're going to do evil things with or without guns. Yeah, no matter what. Exactly. Uh, I locked my door at my house. You you can't walk into my house. So why aren't the doors being locked at the schools? Really? Yeah, Yeah, really. It's impossible to even believe that. uh, Yeah, and and where does some 18-year-old get tens of thousands of dollars that it costs to buy the weapons, 400 pieces of ammunition and all of that. Where did he get that money? Who put him up to it? Because he can't, he, he, it it was, it was too well planned, put it that way. Well, it was bizarre. It was, was, you know, we'll never, all things that are done in secret will be shouted from the housetops. And, you know, when judgment comes, Every hidden thing will be revealed, and so I think about that sometimes when we like when we ponder who killed Kennedy or something like that. It will all be revealed. Oh yeah, one day we'll find out. With that now, yeah, we've never even been able to find out who did that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and chances are, whoever did it are dead now. But you know, well, yeah. again, we can't even trust the FBI or the CIA. We can't even trust our own government. I mean. All we have to trust is Jesus. He's the only faithful one to look up to. Oh, that's what I say. I say, Lord, you're it. And that has to be our mindset because your your parents could leave you, your husband could leave you, your wife could leave you, your children could leave you, your friends could leave you. So what are you going to do? Yeah. You have yeah. to trust Jesus. He's it. He's it. And... We love him and we look forward to seeing him. We just don't know what's going to happen. Well, we have a clue. Yeah, we have but, we have a clue. Well, how about this, Jackie? How about the pill 
that they're going to give you that's going to track whether you took your medicine so that you'll see if you're going to get covered. Let's hear this. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, all kinds of things can happen. It They've is, even uh, talked about basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance. Uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. If God wants anything out of us, as we just heard, it's to bring healing to all who are involved. I committed adultery. Oh, that's this guy. It was nearly 20 years ago. How about that pill that you're going to take? And it's going to tell the insurance companies whether you took your medicine. It's about yeah, compliance. Yeah. Well, there's, they just have one wicked scheme after another, don't they? And, <laughs> I believe you know, it. And, and this whole, you know, you don't know what the next thing's going to be. And now they want to turn it all over to the World Health Organization oh, to yeah. decide when to be on lockdown. Yeah, I have. So, uh, let's listen to one audio from that. Let me see. Now that you're mentioning that, this is very, very interesting. The world, the World Health Organization is now going to control. Let me play this. Begins early last year when Joe Biden, as one of his very first acts as president, brought the United States back into the World Health Organization. We saw this. We, we thought. Why would Biden be so anxious to do something like that? At the time, we assumed it was just part of his larger de-orangeification effort. Trump had pulled the U.S. out of the World Health Organization, so Biden had to do the opposite. Childish, but that seemed like a fair explanation. Still, it did seem a little weird because there aren't many international bodies that are more thoroughly discredited than the World Health Organization, particularly after COVID. It's a laughing stock. There's one thing it's not good at. It's public health. Since the very first cases of the coronavirus were reported in Wuhan, the WHO slavishly ran interference for the Chinese government and did it in the most cartoonish and obvious way. First, WHO claimed there was no evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of the virus. Remember this? They cited Chinese officials who were obviously lying, and we now know they were lying. Then, when it became clear the virus probably came out of a Chinese government lab, WHO sabotaged the investigation into the origin of the virus by appointing a gain-of-function researcher to lead the investigative team. Pretty shocking if you think about it. And to this day, the WHO still has not acknowledged it did any of that, though it definitely did. Instead, they've continued to praise China's response to COVID as, quote, transparent, which is the one thing it's not. It's almost amusing. But again, it's weird if you think about it. Why would Joe Biden want to join a group that every informed person laughs at? Well, more than a year later, we think we know the answer. The Biden administration is very close to handing the World Health Organization power over every aspect, the intimate aspects of your life. So imagine the civil liberties abuses that you lived through during the COVID lockdowns, but permanent and administered from a foreign country. Here's what we're looking at tonight. This January, the Biden administration submitted a series of proposed amendments to something called the International Health Regulations, the IHR. Now, the Biden administration's amendments, along with those from several other countries, will be combined to create a new global pandemic treaty. We need a pandemic treaty. 
That treaty is set to be adopted starting this weekend in Geneva at the World Health Assembly. Now, the full text of the treaty is not yet finished, but a WHO working group has summarized what it's going to look like. The document begins by promising to restrict the WHO's authority just to pandemics. Calm down, it's just pandemics. Quote, WHO secretariat to play the leading, convening, and coordinating role in operational aspects of emergency response to a pandemic. End quote. So don't get paranoid. Someone needs to coordinate the pandemic response globally because it's a global problem. Got it? Settle down, conspiracy nut. But here's the catch. The World Health Organization gets to define what a pandemic is, when a pandemic is in progress, and how long a pandemic lasts. Then you read the fine print and you realize the WHO will have total authority over emergency operations in the United States if there is ever a, quote, public health emergency. Huh? What qualifies exactly as a public health emergency? Well, they don't define that. But they get to. They get to decide what a public health emergency is. And then they have total authority. You can see where this is going. Now, the Biden administration has made certain that unelected bureaucrats at the WHO have total authority to declare and define public health emergencies. They did it explicitly. The White House eliminated a provision that would have required the World Health Organization to, quote, consult with an attempt to obtain verification from the state party in whose territory the event is allegedly occurring in. So as originally written, they couldn't do anything without the permission of their member countries' governments. But thanks to the change that the Biden administration put, pushed, effectively, there is no limit at all on WHO's power. And then it gets worse from there. The treaty also mandates a, quote, whole of government and whole of society approach to pandemic preparedness. Hmm, think about that. Every society is always preparing for a pandemic. And that means there will not be a moment ever when the WHO doesn't have operational control over so-called public health matters in this country. Shocking. Wow. Well, and the thing is, this the uh, head of it, of the uh, World Health Organization, is a Marxist. Uh, yeah, and not only that, how do we know they're even friendly to us? What if they don't like a particular country and so they just want to hurt them by telling them, Sorry, you got somebody with monkey pox in Dallas, so the whole country has to shut down. Yeah, that's the next one that they're unleashing, this monkey pox. Yeah, so good luck with that. Wow. Well, Susan, <laughs> things are not always what they seem, and then and they get you like the frog in the kettle, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> Like what next? Oh yeah, I, I want yeah. some Marxist, Leninist, or whatever. I want him dictating what they're going to do about my health, and then they're going to make sure that they that if you want health insurance, you have to take the pill, so that they you, they're going to know if you took the vaccines and yeah, whoa, the medicines wow. that they want you to have. <laughs> it's it's. Well, you know what? There is a, there is a pandemic, a pandemic of evil, wicked minds yeah. that are even listening to the, these demons that are wanting to create chaos. Yeah, because these are not conspiracy theories. These are actual no. things that are happening and being discussed by world leaders and heads of large corporations, the so-called 
brilliant minds of the world are thinking these things up. So no, these are not conspiracy theories. These things are really happening. Diabolical people. Yeah, it it is. It's very diabolical. I, I think to myself, like, I don't even think that way. How how did how did people yeah. ever get to think this way? Yeah, what what happened to Bill Gates? I mean, you know, I I used to love the, his computers, but ah, what has happened to him? What evil thing got a hold of him? And Prince Charles and Prince Andrew and all of these supposed guys, leaders that we looked up to that are just gone the way of Cain. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, eventually they, they come out of the closet, so to speak, to show people who they really are. And yeah. they're not afraid exactly. to show you now what they think. Yeah. And, and uh, because most of them are saying these things, the rich and famous people and the political leaders are saying these things. So, yeah, they're out in the open. They came out of their evil, wicked closets and brought the evil spirits with them. They did. They did. So we have to really stay strong in the Lord. And yeah. I know there was a lot of things that we talked about that you could say, oh, <laughs> that sounds depressing. Well, it's it's horrible. And you, you go through things as things happen around us, these tragedies and the, stu- the shootings of innocent children and... Uh, all, all the other things that are happening. So, but we know that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear and that we're going to come through it. Yes, by the strength of His might. We're going to come through it one way or the other. So, Jackie, how can they, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Give, give everybody your information. Well, join me on Facebook. Just look me up. Unfortunately, though, I think sometimes I'm being shadow banned there. And then I tried to post something today, and the and Facebook threatened me one more time, and you're out. Oh, oh, really? okay. Oh, yeah, I got one of those. And I it says it didn't like my comment. Well, I didn't make a comment. I was sharing a Mark Dice uh, video, <gasps> and that and yeah, and it was about the dis the latest thing Disney was doing with the trannies, and so it, they called it hate speech, even though it wasn't my speech. I was just sharing it. <gasps> without a company and so i got nailed and oh boy so uh so so try me on facebook maybe i'll still be there <laughs> and uh, also you can sign up for my monthly newsletter i send out the first week of every month uh by going to christiansentinel.com and just there's a sign up uh, form in there and then i can you'll get that email once a month and sometimes little extras if something comes up within the month so uh and also i'll be my uh the, the article on the whole transportation side of things which should be coming up this oh week. yeah that was a great article it really was i enjoyed it yeah, very thanks. Much. yeah yeah well i'm waiting for co-writer to do her edits or whatever so it, yeah it was really it'll, good it should come up this week so uh but it was great being on the show as usual susan and yeah i don't and and who knows what's going to be next time we meet. It, things are getting crazier by the day. Oh, well, yeah. I always appreciate you coming on. I thank you for being the guest. Well, and don't forget Jackie's new book. Run that by them again. 
Oh, the book? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon. So just go and it's called The United States of Israel with uh, America and End Times Prophecy. And uh, I hope you read it because there's too many people saying we just won't exist. And that's not the case in my opinion. Well, I used to hear that all the time that America wasn't going to be part of the end times. And I used to think, well, like, well, uh, how come we have a favored nation status with God? I didn't understand it. It always bothered me. But like <laughs> I said, I never, I, I never really studied Bible prophecy that much because I didn't understand some of it. So it, you really have to study it and you have to spend time studying it to understand it. And uh, Yeah, well, we're told that, you know, Daniel was told that, that people would go to and fro, knowledge would increase. And, you know, so we can't, we can't, you know, paint ourselves into a corner as far as Bible prophecy goes. No. As more and more things are revealed as oh. things are playing out. So, you know, read it and take what, you know, take what you bear witness to. And I'm not telling everyone to accept everything I write, but to test it according to God's word. Well, that's what you have to do. You have to test everything according to God's word, but it will Absolutely. make you it will make you delve into scripture and to try to understand because when you the uh, a lot of the scriptures I know in Ezekiel and Isaiah and people as I would listen to different prophecy teachers, they would say, Well, it says this and it says that and I'd look at it and I'd say, Well, it doesn't sit it doesn't say that to me, so. <laughs> well, that's why you have to test all things. Yeah. We all have to rightly divide the word. And um, and again, you know, I think the Lord will reveal a lot more as we get closer. And uh, we just have to stay tuned into him. Well, that's it. That's it. Because really the Holy Spirit is our teacher. So uh, absolutely, there's a lot of things that, I believed at one time, and as I studied, and I really spent a lot of time studying certain topics, and then I'd say, well, <laughs> that thing that I believed, I don't, it's, uh, it's really not there as I was taught it, and so I'm, that's, we encourage everybody to study and to test things out, be a good Berean, and... Uh, right. You may come up with something, too, that you say, well, Fred Price was teaching it, Kenneth Copeland was teaching it, Kenneth Hagen was teaching it, and then you say, well, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever your favorite one is, like, you don't know. But anyway, those things are available for you. And like Jackie said, if you can't, get her on Facebook, because I noticed that, too, that sometimes I, I think, well, they're just not putting things up. And I don't understand how some stupid video on uh, YouTube gets 8 million views. And you've got something very important to say to hundreds of millions of Christians around the world, and you're only getting a couple hundred. I know. I know. You know? Uh, it doesn't make uh, any sense. Yeah. Not, not, not on this side of the... Uh of things doesn't make sense, but there there is an evil force that is that does try to hide or camouflage himself and hide truth. So yeah, they try to they try to uh, 
And uh, I know that I had I was watching this one documentary, and they there was a guy that said, well, he could beat the algorithms. He figured out how to beat it on. So when he was putting <laughs> up his website, people would his website would show up. And yeah, they were doing a booming business. So I was saying, well, yeah, I don't have the time to figure out how to beat an algorithm, but <laughs> if there's anybody that knows. <laughs> and see, this is why I like to have the newsletter. I like to at least have yeah. emails because not that that's totally safe, but it's better than social media as far as staying in touch. If something happened to me, I can send, um, you know, a news release about it. And as far as if I get tossed off and then I can tell the people on my mailing list. And so, you know, with their emails. Well, that's so it. I, that's, that's why I did it because you can't trust, trust it. No, you're but right. Anyway, okay. Jackie. I better go. And All it right. was being with you again. God bless everybody. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh. All right, everybody. That's our program for today. So be blessed. And don't forget the most important thing, the most important thing. You say, oh, you talk about all these things, and is there any hope? Yes, yes. There is hope in Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. The book of John says that you must be born again, the gospel of John. And Jesus said that. He said, first you're born of your mother, but then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. And that happens when you repent of your sins and you ask Jesus to come into your life and change your life and you accept him as your Lord and your Savior, and you believe that. He was born of a virgin, and he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he said he's coming again, and he said, I go to prepare a place for you, so when you leave this earth, you'll know where you're going. You will know where you're going beyond a shadow of a doubt, you will know. God loves you. God really does love you. And there is hope. God bless you. Mm -hmm.